0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. My guest this time is the awesome Lars Schmidt, author of HR bestseller, Redefining HR, podcast host, founder at Amplify, and founder and host at Redefining HR Media Group. Lars has spent nearly 20 years developing talent strategies for companies such as Hootsuite, SpaceX, NPR, and Ticketmaster. This podcast episode is sponsored by Virgin Pulse, the number one global employee well-being solution provider, supporting 7.5 million members in 20 languages across 190 countries. Virgin Pulse offers solutions that deliver on their home base for health vision of simplifying and unifying other point products into a better together ecosystem and transform the mental, physical, financial, social, community, and emotional health of organizations and their people. You can learn more at virginpulse.com. Lars, it's my pleasure to welcome you back onto the HR Chat Show.
1: Yeah, Bill, it's great to be back. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's been a while, so always, uh, always fun to catch up after some time.
0: It has been a while. In fact, I was checking this out earlier. It was episode 30 all the way back in early 2017. So I'd like to start there, really, given it's been such a long time since I've had you on the HR Chat podcast. What have been the top three things to happen in your life since early
1: 2017? Uh, I would say the top Three things would be uh probably soon after our podcast uh, I published my first book uh called "Employer Branding for uh, Employer Branding for Dummies that I had uh, co-authored with Richard Mosley uh soon after that started writing for Fast Company, which is a nice milestone. And uh and then publishing redefining HR book. I, I figure uh you know it's a corporate podcast, so I'm gonna keep my milestones corporate. Uh, but uh but if if I had more, I'm sure I'd have lots of other family things to throw in. But uh if, if you give me three, I probably have to hit those.
0: There are some pretty big milestones. Okay, wow. Um now let's talk a bit about your, your, your podcast, Redefining HR. Uh we are we're recording this at the end of 2020. What a crazy year it's been um what what have been some of the biggest topics that you've covered this year and yeah okay (laughs) okay there's one overarching thing okay um
1: yeah this little thing called a global pandemic hit that kind of uh that was a pretty big story (laughs) <laughs> so 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 let, let let's let's break
0: that down because people ask me this question often okay for 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 my show for the, for the HR chat show and um obviously that you've got this umbrella theme uh, of, of covid and and, and the, the global pandemic but what, what's that meant for for the world of work what have been the big topics the the the, the, the big uh con- concentrations from HR leaders and and uh, TA execs and, and maybe marketers who who work on employee branding too as a result of what's happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that they're, you know, uh, you know, setting the pandemic itself aside, you know, I'll hit, I'll hit three, um, you know, uh, sub effects of that, if you will, that I think we're really kind of dominating the discourse in the field this year. Um, you know, one was obviously the, the shift to remote and distributed work at scale. Uh, right. So for, for companies and organizations that, um, had employees who were able to do that, and not all employees were. But for those who did, um, you know, that was the seismic shift for many of them. You know, many had uh, you know co-located, and they only had one-off employees who were in an office. Then overnight, everybody, everybody's you know out of an office, and people aren't going back to offices. So that that certainly has been one of the dominant themes of the year. It will continue to be moving forward. Um, I think another, you know, from my lens, obviously, you know, you know, I'm a huge proponent of open source practices, I think that 2020 has certainly been the year where open source went mainstream. Um, you know, as HR executives, talent leaders, we've gone through something that none of us have ever experienced, you know, certainly not at this scale. And it was pretty amazing to kind of see how people came together and shared their practices, shared their templates, shared their approaches with each other to help each other navigate, you know, these uncharted waters. Um and I think the third one that we're probably seeing more of now is um, is this notion of, uh, of burnout in HR, especially at the executive level. This has been an incredibly taxing year for everybody, but I think it's uniquely taxing for CHROs and CPOs who are just carrying the burden of all things 2020 you know, through their organization's lens, through their team's lens, through their employees' lens, and their own lens. And so... Uh, you know burnout I think is something that uh we're, we're certainly seeing a lot more of uh, and people trying to be more mindful of self care and just you know cr- creating some space uh and ability to to recharge a bit and kind of disconnect a bit from some of the uh you know the difficulties of the job
0: and what, what has twenty twenty done for for the acceleration of uh the adoption of uh, automation of of AI of of technology that can replace people.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I don't- Many know, companies I...
0: had to slim down, right? The, the, yeah. This year. And they're now, they're, they're now trying to grow again in, in a way which is perhaps future-proofed where heaven forbid a, a, another pandemic happened, that they wouldn't be hit in the same way.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think it's less about automation, a shift to automation and AI and more about a shift to agile practices. Okay. Uh, and what I mean by that, and I don't mean, you know, agile in the, you know, software development methodology standpoint, but, you know, HR historically has been pretty structured in our processes and procedures. And, you know, we have a playbook for X and a playbook for Y. And, uh, you know, what happens to those playbooks when everything is upside down? Uh, you know, it, companies that had more, you know, nimble, lighter weight, agile processes were able to make these adjustments Much more easily than those who had deeply entrenched systems that are really hard to pivot. So you know, yes, a lot of companies contracted during the pandemic. You know, yes, they are starting to expand again. Uh, You know, I think that in doing so, they're not necessarily doing it with the driver of um, how do we operate, uh, how how do we uh, automate more of our people processes. It's like more how do we, you know, design our our the way that we work in ways that are more nimble and are able to adapt because again, you know this is a once in a generation pandemic perhaps, but these types of mass disruptions, uh, we will see more of these. And so I think we have to start to evolve a bit about how we think about how we design you know the systems and the processes of how HR work gets done so that you know they, they can be a bit more malleable to the circumstances in
0: your opinion how how do hr pros and leaders make their companies stand out from from their competitors under the current restrictions to our lives so what i mean by that is you know what what are those practices that perhaps have been lost the the, the effective ways uh sponsoring in-person events maybe is a good way to get the brand out. um and, and but what's also been accelerated and improved as a result you know what what perhaps are those 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 digital uh techniques and, and tactics that perhaps been adopted en masse from, from folk who are resistant for many, many years.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that the, um, the way we talk about, uh, especially from an employer brand standpoint, you know, the way we talk about our, our roles, our teams, and our organizations, I think has certainly changed in 2020. Um, you know, nobody cares about your ping pong tables because no one's going to an office, you know, very, very few people. Um, so, you know, you can't really sell your amenities, which many of us did. Uh, you know, I think from a language perspective, you know, a lot of us are toning it down a little bit. There's no, you know, an employer brand. It was kind of a, a hyperbolic uh you know arms race around or we're the best at this. And you know, we you know are the most amazing at this. And you know, we are rocket fuel for your career. And you know, I think that that, that kind of language in this environment. Is doesn't connect uh, the same way it did in January, and I think we've had to adjust a bit towards that. People want to know, like, h- how does work happen now? How did you adapt to the pandemic? What's it like? Um, what you know, operating rhythms and rituals? Do you have to try to support culture and employee well-being and communication? And things like that in a distributed or, or hybrid environment. You know, like what do you expect next year? Are you going to go back to an office? Or are you going to be, you know, a hy- hybrid? Like, how are you going to be thinking about it? that's the kind of thing that prospects want to know about working at your organization. Not, you know, that you have uh, four flavors of uh, you know kombucha in your kitchen. Those are the things that people people don't care about. So that that's certainly a shift.
0: And people also like to um, essentially get referrals they trust referrals more and maybe a type of referral is in a way content how how valuable is 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 employee generated content to to an employer brand
1: yeah i mean it's still hugely valuable i think it's uh it remains i think probably some of the most valuable content you have an employer brand because it's real and it's trusted and uh hopefully it's authentic right i think if i'm a if I'm a software engineer considering working for your company, uh, I don't necessarily. I mean, yeah, sure, I want to know what your recruiter is going to tell me it's like to work there, but I really want to hear from a software engineer what they think it's like to work there. What tools do they use? What methodologies do they work within? Um, what are the deadline, uh, you know, and kind of um, you know calendar for delivering code and reviewing code, and you know that that sort of thing. And that that kind of information I'm really only going to get from a peer uh and so yeah i think that content remains really strong obviously it's a little different now where you know we're most of us are working from home so you know you have to kind of talk about it's maybe talking about those things um with the added uh perspective of well yes this is how we work and this is how we do these things and by the way uh i'm a parent and my kids are home and the school is closed so I'm also kind of a teacher. So flexibility is really important to me. So I come on and I do some stuff in the morning. Then I spend some, a couple hours with my kids teaching them. Then I do some more stuff in the afternoon. So I think giving a bit of window, particularly into that flexibility, um, I think becomes really important. But employee-generated content is still, uh, if not arguably, it's even more important now because the idea of like a very heavy uh, corporate-led employer brand content calendar just feels a little incongruent with the times we're in.
0: Whose responsibility is it to to help find that content? What what role should HR leaders play in in finding real stories from real employees that that share the the actual employee experience? And and also then posting it in all the right places like LinkedIn and YouTube and and everywhere else. where, Where does HR fit in with that?
1: yeah I mean uh, so for organizations that have a dedicated employer brand person usually that's part of their scope so they will be uh you know often tasked with building um you know the internal brand champion or brand advocate programs brand ambassadors whatever you call it uh and so they'll they'll be the ones kind of you know uh, soliciting and and encouraging and cultivating and supporting uh that content development within the organization and then obviously amplifying it on the corporate channels um for companies that that don't have that or lean HR departments or small companies um, you know, oftentimes uh, the recruiter, if they have a recruiter who's savvy in, in employer brand and social media, you know, they'll probably try to cultivate some of that. Um, if you have very savvy managers in different departments, uh, they may try to cultivate that. So it's a, uh, you know, I would say if it's centralized to the most common person, it's an employer brand uh, focused person. If you have that person you know, in the building. If you don't, honestly, it could come from anywhere if it happens at all.
0: So I get the feeling, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I, I get the feeling that a lot of us who've been working from home, who hadn't previously been working from home, um, perhaps have got even more comfortable at hiding behind the their computer and communicating online um, and and maybe resisting more of the traditional ways of do it, of, of communicating with folk. But when when it comes to managing candidates and and preferred communication channels, you know when when, when it's those job candidates, but for, for those willing to to use the phone to keep their candidates engaged and and nurtured, how, how effective are old school phone calls?
1: I I mean I think right now you almost have to look at communication as uh, you have so many. Vehicles at your disposal, right? It could be um, Zoom, it could be phone, it could be text, it could be whatsapp, uh, it could be email. I mean it's 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 near limitless. And so I think where you can meet, especially on from a recruiting perspective, where you can meet rec- candidates where they want to be met, uh, you're better off. And, and again, like you will you will want to talk with them, so you're not gonna in most cases, you're not gonna you know correspond solely via text and then make a higher decision, eventually you're going to want to talk to somebody, but that could be via phone. Um, that could be via Zoom or another video platform. Uh, it could be via uh, VoIP Audio. So, you know, not necessarily requiring people to go on video if they're not comfortable with that. And some people aren't. Um, and so, yeah, I think phones absolutely, you know, still play uh, play a role in this. And I think the difference is, you know, so many people, I think because we've all been accustomed to using zooms and microsoft meet and blue jeans and whatever else whether uh, it's other video platforms uh we've been we've learned almost to use our computers as phones you know meaning we're not necessarily going to have video on all the time and we shouldn't be expected to but uh you know it's i am just as easily uh just as comfortable hopping on a no video you know zoom chat uh than i am picking up the phone and dialing a phone call if any, in some cases I'm more comfortable doing that because on my computer I've got headphones, I've got a microphone. I, you know, I know the quality uh, is going to be solid uh, as opposed to um, phone sometimes. So yeah, phone still has a place, um, but in some weird ways, the computer is kind of becoming the phone because we become so accustomed to using it, whether uh, you know paired with video or not. And
0: and, uh, now I want you please to get out your crystal ball from under your. On your desk um and uh, and maybe share your predictions for for what the jobs market might look like in 2021 uh so we're saying a lot about uh ways to attract candidates and ways to project the employer brands and whatnot but we haven't actually spoken about the, the 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 bigger picture and that's um how many folk will be rehired next year um would it be very different also in the second half of the year, do you think, after after hopefully most of the vaccines have, have been more widely administered?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I expect that we'll see a quarter over quarter increase throughout next year. Certainly uh certainly from Q one to Q two to Q three. Uh Q four may tighten up again just because companies that are on a fiscal uh, an annual uh, budget, you know, a lot of times they'll they'll tighten the belt a little bit in Q4 to to hit their end of year numbers. Um, but I think you know Q1 it will start to see more of a pickup. Q2 it'll accelerate. You know Q3 likely will continue to accelerate as the vaccines uh, become more widely adopted and and it's you know perceived to be safer um, to just operate you know more closer to business as usual. Uh, you know Q4 will probably slow down a little bit more as Q4 tends to do. But uh, but yeah, I definitely think that we'll we'll see more hiring in 2021, and uh, and I think things are uh, are looking up. So definitely uh, excited about that. That's that's the
0: way we like to wrap up our podcasts <laughs> on a, on a not as happy note. because <laughs> there's been a lot of them this year, a lot of them in 2020, but we just sadly couldn't do like that um so just finally then for today uh, the amplify ecosystem it's a community where modern people executives can come together to share ideas inspirations struggles and and counsel to move the field forward it and it's free i believe but it's invite only can you just tell us a little bit more about that and also how can our listeners connect with you
1: Yeah, so I, uh, you know, when I created the Amplify ecosystem, uh, the simplest way you can look at it is is me open sourcing my HR executive network. And what I mean by that is, you know, about a year ago, I launched a HR executive search practice within Amplify. Um, And what I didn't want to do is just create another executive search firm because there's a lot of them out there. Uh, You know, they tend to be pretty transactional, often pretty old school. Um, That's not how I operate. And so, I wanted to invert the model. I wanted to, you know, I had this role that allowed me to travel the world and meet, uh, you know, leading CHROs and CPOs from all kinds of companies. Uh, And I wanted to create a community, essentially, to bring them all together. You know, in in some ways, it probably borrowed some elements of HR open source from uh, early in the day, although that was kind of more oriented towards, you know, mid to mid senior. Uh, And I wanted to create something like that, a, a global private community for uh, really progressive oriented, so I, as I frame kind of those next generation people operators and people leaders um, to come together and collaborate and share ideas and, and expand their network. So that's uh, that's how that came together. Um, the best way to connect with you know uh, me, uh, so I'm you know my company is uh, amplifytalent.com. You can learn all about my executive search and consulting practices there. Uh, the book and the podcast are both centralized on redefininghr.com. So there you can. Uh, you know, learn about the book, you can listen to the podcast, you can read reviews, the foreword, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, those are my two, you know, main uh, digital hubs, if you will.
0: Awesome. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Lars, thank you very much for coming back and joining us again on the HR Chat Show. Yeah, Bill, well, thanks so much for having me back on. And listeners, as always, stay safe and happy working.